Y'all know what today is? Today's the last day of Fiesta. The first two full weekends of October every year are Balloon Fiesta in Albuquerque. So in honor of Fiesta, I'm gonna tell y'all a ballooning story this morning. Uh, some of you are aware, I'm a member of the Central Texas Ballooning Association, so uh, I enjoy this sort of thing. Anyway, this happened, it was either in 2008 or 2009, we had a fly-in at the Taylor Airport. Now, some of you are pilots in here, I realize, and you probably think, well, how can you have a fly-in with a hot air balloon, right? Because uh, hot air balloons typically take off one place and land someplace else. And fly-ins, typically, you fly in and have breakfast and talk about aviation and related topics, and then you fly out. But anyway, several years back, uh, like I say, I think it was 2008 or 2009, the Central Texas Ballooning Association was invited to take part in this fly-in in Taylor. So we went over to the fly-in. I have a, a very good friend who owns a balloon, and so I get, to, uh, I get to help him out often. And so we went to the fly-in and we had breakfast, they had pancakes, they had pancake breakfast there, you know, and all that and uh, it was pretty good. And then uh, we launched. It was a beautiful morning, an absolutely perfect fall morning. I think it was in, like I said, September. Just just lovely, the, uh, the winds weren't too high. Just a beautiful, beautiful flight. One of the best pictures I ever took, I, I got to take that day, and it was a picture of the balloon reflected in the river that we flew over. So, I mean, it was so still, the river was like glass, but you could see the reflection of the balloon in it. It's pretty neat, pretty neat. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Mark chapter 10, starting at the 17th verse and going through verse 31. Consider the word of the Lord. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, 
how hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children, and fields with persecutions. And the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who loves us so much that you sent Jesus to show us the availability, the presence, and how to manifest the kingdom of God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. Wow. What an interesting passage. You know, it's really about, the whole passage is really about counting the cost. Jesus talks about counting the cost a couple of other places, too, you might want to look at sometime. Uh, he talks about it in Luke chapter 9, very similar to this, and in Matthew chapter 11. But I want us to think about it a little bit today. Counting the cost. So the man runs up to Jesus man runs up to Jesus and says, good teacher. And this to me is one of the most fundamental truths that we all need to get a hold of that's, that's in the Bible. And Jesus says it right there again. This isn't Moses speaking. This isn't Elijah speaking. This isn't Abraham speaking or Noah or Job or or any number of another, uh, other people. This is Jesus speaking. 
And he says, what? There's no one good but God. No one good but God. And he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I think the guy was a Pharisee because, I mean, because do you see what Jesus does? Do you see what Jesus does right away? He says, you know the commandments, right? Now, if I had somebody walk up to me on the street and said, and, and, and said the same thing, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I wouldn't assume they knew the commandments. Yeah. I wouldn't assume that at all. And I don't think Jesus assumed it. I think the guy was a Pharisee. And I think Jesus could tell by the way he was dressed that he was a Pharisee. And then, so he would know the commandments, clearly. Notice what else Jesus does here. He jumps right to what we call, or, or often call, second tablet commandments. He doesn't say to the guy anything about worshiping God. I might add that uh, for, for fun, you might want to look in your, in your New Testament sometimes and see how many times Jesus commands people to worship him. I'll just leave that out there as a side assignment. But many times he says to follow him. Many, many times he says, follow me. But Jesus, Jesus talks about the second tablet commandments, the, the commandments that allow us to manifest the kingdom of God right here. We do that by following Jesus, following his directions, and by loving those around us, by loving those around us. Those, were, those are what those second tablet commandments are about. They're to teach us how to love those around us. You know, law is the greatest gift that was ever given to mankind until Jesus came along, until Jesus came along. And Jesus reminded us that it's not going to disappear. You know, this is where we get, in, this is where we get into one of those uh, uh, works-grace discussions, right? You know? Now, we all realize, I, I hope, that uh, it's pretty clear we're saved by grace through faith. But uh, we're not saved by works, but that doesn't mean we're just supposed to throw the commandments out the door. You know, there's more than just salvation. There's more to the kingdom of God than that. Jesus says to him, you need to sell all your stuff. Get rid of your stuff and give the money to the poor. But there's more, right? You'd think the guy's thinking, well, that's enough. But he says, sell your stuff, give the money to the poor, and then follow me. Right? And then follow me. It says Jesus looked at him and loved him. He loved him. What does it mean to love somebody? What does it mean to love somebody? I'll put this forward. I believe it means to love somebody when you will their good. When you want and work for the best for them. 
Jesus thought the best for this guy could come about if he would get rid of his possessions. Said he had many possessions, went away sad. Many possessions. Well, between Calabria and New Gilbo, there are at least four climate-controlled storage places. It just, and it just boggles my mind every time I think about it. Uh, we live in a society where a good number of us have so much stuff, we actually pay rent for extra space to keep our stuff, you know? I don't care what anybody says, that's sick. It just is, it just is. Uh, there's, there, you know, and that's, and, that's, and that's one of the most rapidly growing businesses in our society today. There, if, if, if you want to invest, find a company that's building storage uh, places, and if they're, if they're on the stock market, I bet their stock didn't go down this week, you know? But, uh, but that's another story. Anyway, see, so you know what this guy had. You know, you know what this guy had. This guy had what I call the Burger King philosophy. Y'all know what Burger King's slogan is, right? Have it your way, you know? Have it your way. This, so this, this guy had Burger King Judaism, I'll call it, as a lot of us have Burger King Christianity. We want to have it our way. We want to have it our way. And Jesus is trying to will the best for us. Jesus is trying to get the kingdom of God manifest for each and every one of us. It's at hand. It's right here. But to get it to manifest, we've got to get rid of some stuff. Sometimes the stuff is actual stuff, possessions. Sometimes maybe it's our belief. Maybe we need to get rid of some pride. Maybe we need to get rid of some selfishness. Maybe we need to get rid of some anger. We possess a lot of things that aren't necessarily physical in their appearance. So we're flying along. Like I say, it's a beautiful, beautiful morning back there. And we come around and we're close to the outskirts of Taylor there and there's an apartment complex there. There's a, there's a, there's a couple story uh, of apartment complex. And for those of you who've had the experience of doing it, when it's a nice still morning and the burners are turned off and you're just floating along in the balloon there, or I should say under the balloon there, and you're just floating along, if you're not too high up, you can actually have a conversation with people on the ground. We do it often. We do it often. Uh, you have people, people wave at you and you talk to people and all that. And on this particular morning, there was a lady sitting there at the apartment house in a wheelchair. She was in a wheelchair. And she did something that, that we all need to do, we all need to remember. The rule of the kingdom of heaven, the rule of God's kingdom, is to ask, is to ask, right? Jesus told us in Matthew 7, 7, he said, what? 
Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. So we say good morning to this lady in the wheelchair down there. And she says, I've always wanted to take a ride in a balloon. And my friend Joe says to her, he says, can you get out of that wheelchair? And she says, yeah, with some help I can. And if, you know, and I, and I, and I have to sit down, but I can, I can get out of the wheelchair. And he said, uh, do you have some people that can help you? If we land over here, there was a, there was a field adjacent to the apartment house. She said yes, so we landed, and some friends of hers rolled her wheelchair up to the basket, and uh, we managed to get her into the basket. Now, and she got and she got to and she got to have a beautiful flight. Uh, we got her in there. I got out, launched again, and uh, and everything went well. But you know what? She had to give up some things to get in there. She had to give up some fear. She had to give up her wheelchair, at least temporarily. She couldn't take it with her. But look at what she got. Look at what she got. Something that she had wanted all her life. And think about it. She's just sitting out in front of her front door on a Saturday morning, minding her own business. See, that's the way the kingdom of God is. When you least expect it, it can break in to your life if you allow it, if you're receptive, if you're doing what I must do whatever that looks like for you. Now Peter, Peter chirps up, as, he, as, as we know he is often like to do, and says, uh, gee, Lord, we're great, you know? If I could, uh, we've given up everything to follow you, right? And Jesus says, what? He says, what? You know, he says, whatever you gave up, you're going to get back in spades, right? Over and over and over again, more than you gave up. See, here's the thing when we talk about counting the cost and the thing that Jesus was trying to get through our thick heads a lot of times is, is there's nothing there's nothing more valuable than a relationship being a disciple of Jesus Christ and learning what he can teach us and how to make the kingdom of God manifest to everybody. Whatever it is you think of, there's, there's nothing that valuable. And that's what he was trying to say to the rich young man. You know, your possessions are garbage compared to what you could be having, you know? Again, you know? I'll have the double cheeseburger and the fries, 
And Jesus is saying, I have a banquet prepared for you, right? I have a banquet prepared for you. You can have it. You can have it. So this morning, I want us to think about each and every one of us. Ask yourself, what is it? What is it that's holding you back? Now, I know some of you that have referred to, to my alma mater as TU, you know, may not care so much. But last night, the tower was glowing orange. Well, on that tower, it says, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free, right? But that's only part of the story. You see, if you look in John chapter 8, verse 31, where Jesus said this, what did Jesus say? He said, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Okay? That's what it says. It's contingent upon continuing in the word and being Jesus' disciple. There's nothing, there's nothing more valuable in our life than that. What did the man lack? He lacked one thing. He lacked one thing. He lacked a relationship with Jesus Christ and the manifestation of the kingdom of God. That's what he lacked. And Jesus, loving him, was trying to show him how to get there as he's trying to show each and every one of us. So what are you holding on to? What are you holding on to that's preventing you from following Jesus.